AMU. American Military University is proud to present the following podcast. Hi, I'm Jessica Stashi with American Military University. Today I'm joined by Dr. Samir Katubi, Program Director of Public Health at American Military University. Thanks for joining me today, Samir. Thank you, Jessica, for having me. So today we're going to be talking about the newest public health crisis, the coronavirus. As a global health crisis, how should the U.S. be approaching educating the public, treatment of cases, and keeping people safe from the coronavirus? In general, public health is about protecting and uh, improving the health of our community and the wellness of our people. And there are a lot of avenues we can approach, including education. The health and safety of our community is a shared responsibility, and we all are in it, and we should take that seriously. As the coronavirus is going on right now, global efforts at this time are focused really on containing the spread and mitigating the, the impact of this virus on our community. Everyone is working together from the federal government, working closely with local and state government and public health officials. The response should be multi-layers. And again, our main goal is detecting and minimizing the impact of this virus. This virus is an emerging disease and is growing rapidly, and we need to do something. So to answer your questions, really, we have to come up with different plans. And two main plans need to be implemented. Uh, I think a community action plan designed to help keep people healthy, uh, reduce the exposure and slow the spread of that disease is something we need to work on. And uh, another household plan designed to protect the health and wellness of the individuals and the health of our household members. Probably you are aware the CDC has developed a lot of guidelines. And uh, some of these guidelines, starting with creating a main plan to talk to people about the need and include them in their plan. So meet with your household people, uh, your relative, uh, your friend. Discuss what is needed, what can be done if the outbreak of COVID-19 occur in the community. One of the very important things we need to do really is think about those people who are at greater risk. Individual with pre-existing condition, uh, respiratory problems, those who have a compromised immune system. Data tell us that those who have underlying chronic disease and chronic medical condition are at higher risk, including older adults who have seen many serious complications. One of the things we also need to do is to get to know your neighbor. If you live in an apartment, condominium, or any association, talk to your neighbor about uh, what emergency plan exists or in place, what resources we have at the community level. Start with uh, healthcare services, support services, or even food if you need. One of the key things we need to do at the household level is to practice preventive and healthcare services and make sure that every individual avoid contact, avoid contact if you are sick, stay home and seek medical care if needed. Wash your hand very often with soap for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough and sneeze in a tissue. I mean, there are common things we can do and help people understand and educate them what needs to be done. If you live alone or you become sick, make sure you have given your phone number or email to a loved one or someone or a friend or a family member so they can check on you or even your healthcare provider can help you with it. 
stay informed with your local uh, station. If there's any specific thing need to be done, as we have seen, school are closing. And uh, if you are sick, again, contact your workplace, notify them. So there's a lot of educational things need to be done. And I think we are doing it right now. You're located near Kirkland, Washington, where the first U.S. deaths were reported. What active measures is Washington State taking on that the rest of the country should be adopting? We all know that Seattle Public Health and King County have a lot of resources, including a lot of web online web pages, uh, a lot of links, frequently asked questions to educate the public about the coronavirus. Education related to what is the sign, what need to do, what are the symptoms, how to seek medical evaluation and advice. King County have, as you know, declared a state of emergency on Monday as the number increased. And we have nine coronavirus deaths right now, including seven in King County. I think the total number is 21 so far in Washington state. So the King County state of emergency is really designed to take extraordinary measures and to stop the spread of the disease. I know from the news, King County Executive Don Constantine uh, mentioned that they are trying to purchase a motel, basically, and deployed modular units specifically to isolate large number of patients if needed. What else is going on? I believe the Department of Health employees are testing in Shoreline in the lab over 200 specimens every day. And I believe also the University of Washington have begun the processing on Tuesday. So we have a lot of things going on, including the testing. One of the guidelines I believe has been recommended is do not go to the emergency room unless it's essential. If you feel that you are coughing, you have fever, respiratory issues, please contact your doctor. And if you are sick, stay home and practice personal hygiene. This is key, in fact, to protect our people. What else is going on? And probably you are aware that North Shore School District closed. Bottle High School, in fact, with over 22,000 students and over 11 Western Washington schools have closed, including Lake Washington, which was closed specifically for deep cleaning and to provide training for staff how to engage in an online learning environment. All North Shore School District also were closed on March 3rd, again, to help and permit deep disinfection uh, of those schools. So a lot of things has been happening, Jessica. Yeah. Being local to the area, I've been seeing it myself with the many school closures and kind of touching back to your comment about avoiding emergency rooms unless it's absolutely necessary. How do you see the virus changing public outlook on how to self-isolate for this and for future events? Great. The message is very clear from the CDC. I mean, we have to be clear on what does it mean when we say self-isolate. I mean, self-isolate means staying home. In your room, in your apartment, uh, we need to avoid large events, athletic events maybe, or social gathering for at least 14 days. Self-isolate means a lot. We have to limit contact with people living in even your residence and practice self-hygiene. Wash your hand with soap and water and uh, avoid shaking hands and avoid contact with your people if you are sick. 
keeping facility clean. I mean, clean your areas wherever it's needed, where the virus uh, may be isolated and maybe in certain areas. We need to be careful. One of the most important things I think we need to do is to monitor ourselves, monitor the symptoms. If you live alone, if you feel that you are getting respiratory issues or fever or sore throat, respiratory problem, please, please go to the doctor and meet with your healthcare professional to find solutions. So in terms of business and school operations, what can be done beyond what's already happening in King County, for example? What, what can be done nationwide? Uh, let me talk about the school first and then businesses. School has been working closely with public health officials and deciding what is the best measure. School has been canceled. All uh, trip abroad has been canceled. And the school leaders have been working with local authority to develop contingency plan. North Shore School District, as I mentioned, has been closed. So what happened is they're taking precautions. All school North Shore District were closed, not only to allow disinfection, but also to provide training and to engage students in remote learning and online learning if needed. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention have developed certain guidelines for businesses. Employers should encourage really sick employee to stay home. This is key. Employers should tell their employee, if you feel sick, again, stay home. If you have respiratory issues, don't come to work. Employees should notify the supervisors if there is any specific relative who may have such problem or have the symptoms of coronavirus. Ensure that you have sick policies flexible in place and work with public health officials really to discuss these policies. If you feel that as an employee who have become sick while at work, please go home. Try to be separated from other employees and try to wash your hand, try to follow the process and uh, make sure that you perform environmental cleaning in your place or wherever you live. We need to make sure that everybody is healthy and employers who have done such recommendations are really in good hand and they will protect themselves and the employee too. Great. So what are your students discussing in the online classroom in relation to the virus? Great. In fact, I just checked and there's a lot of things going on. In our uh, accredited MPH program, we have a class called Quarantine. And I'm really excited to see our students discussing current topic, relevant, specifically following what is going on right now around the country and what measure has been taken by public health officials to deal with the coronavirus. In our uh, epidemiology class and other students are discussing risk assessment. They talk about the CDC response and evaluating options, discussing research-based article related to coronavirus. Students are selecting the coronavirus as a topic of choice to present in certain courses. They are also discussing traditional epidemiological model to deal with infectious diseases. And uh, what we're talking about is the chain of infection, talking about certain processes related to the reservoir, the portal of exit, the mode of transmission, portal of entry. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that our students are engaged and they are discussing what needs to be done, what has been done currently, and taking more and more chances to discuss between themselves the risk assessment and is the response accurate, uh, adequate, and what else can be done. So I'm happy to see that uh, going on right now in our classes. That's great to hear. There's a lot of discussions happening within the online classroom. And 
kind of diving into that a little bit more. With our school being online, we have the advantage of our students being able to be isolated themselves during time of crisis, like we're going through right now with coronavirus. But not every institution has that opportunity. There's a lot of brick and mortar universities that are operating differently right now in terms of how they're handling the spread of the coronavirus. During times of crisis, you know, online education provides that flexibility. But can you share some thoughts as an educator on long-term and short-term solutions during a public health crisis like this one? Great. I mean, let's face it, many schools have already used online learning and different management systems to deliver courses, although many other schools may lack such technology. School can provide a lot of help. I mean, they can provide computer short-term. Talking about short-term, they can provide laptop to their students. They can give them the curriculum already included to continue their education. Uh, there could be some type of synchronous or asynchronous education or combination can be used, which we have seen is very successful. I think one of that I've heard in uh, South Florida and Miami Dade, I believe they're giving computers to their students uh, with the curriculum included. So that is very helpful. Locally in Washington State, I have seen the letters sent by North Shore Superintendent to the family asking everyone to see if, if they need help. Not everyone have computer access to remote learning, and uh, this approach can also provide hardship on many, many different uh, families. So I think the district is asking some of the uh, family to complete certain forms, and they can be uh, given a computer or even an internet hotspot connection. The key what we really need to know is that being in an online environment, myself and teaching online, I would like everyone to know that moving from classroom, brick and mortar to, uh, to the cloud will provide a lot of flexibility. And this is key for us. I mean, flexibility for the teachers and for the students. And I want all the students to know that they're not alone in the school. I mean, they're not alone at home. Teachers will provide support and will be there for them. We are in the 21st century. We have a lot of capability right now. I mean, we use Microsoft 365, uh, which has a lot of communication tools, including file sharing. We can do video conferencing. We can do real-time chat. All of these can replace classroom, and they are a great tool to a brick and mortar or face-to-face classroom. We do it every day. I mean, teachers in classroom can create online discussion. They can use their management system to assign different assignments. Students can collaborate between themselves and complete real-time assignment and uh, finish it during that same day. But again, it's not for every student. We all know the characteristics. We all know that online model is not for every student, especially at younger ages. Parents who are working may not be at home and they need support and they need a network of support around them. On a positive note, we can adopt. I mean, in the short term, as you mentioned, we can adopt. We can find solution. And as, as I said earlier, the health and safety of our community is a shared responsibility. And uh, we should all take it seriously. On the long run, I think we will come out with a lot of options. I think we will have integration between online and uh, brick and mortar. We will learn from what we have right now. And uh, I think everybody will be happy. Great. Thank you for that. And as a public health official, are there any parting words from you for, for people listening on on how to handle the coronavirus going forward so there's not 
more of a panic than there already is in the United States. I mentioned earlier, we should not panic. I mean, public health officials are doing their job. They are working really hard to protect our community, to protect our people. Our safety is in their hand, and they're doing what we can, what they can right now to work with everybody at the government level, local, tribe, public health officials. The response is multi-layers, as I mentioned, detecting, isolating, testing, considering certain level of treatment, identifying people who are at risk, they are doing their job. So I think my final word is don't panic. We are here. We're doing our job. We're doing what we can. And if you really need any support, please talk to your physician. Talk to, your, to anyone who can help and seek that support. Talk to your public health officials. We are here for you. Great. Thank you, Samir. Thank you, Jessica. This is Jessica Stashi with American Military University. For more updates and information as we follow the coronavirus, please follow us on Twitter at AMU Disaster Crew, or you can find us on inpublicsafety.com, edmdigest.com, or inhomelandsecurity.com for updates. For more information about our university, visit us at amuonline.com. Thank you for listening. AMU, American Military University.